Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The college football playoff is set, and the committee didn't mess it up. O-H! It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the host putting their name into the transfer portal. I hope Walter Football Podcast <laughs> picks me up. And with me, as always, is AJ. Give Stetson the Heisman, Marchese. Oh, Stetson's in New York, baby. He can smell it. He's going to bring it home. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who jumped, dumped, (laughs) and pumped during championship weekend in college football. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Funk got out of Denton, Texas. That's right. Seth Luttrell out at North Texas. <laughs> the mean green played in the Conference USA Championship, lost and fired old Seth, uh, who went like exactly 507 years. It's pretty good, honestly. Um, I like how this is our lead lead story here. Um, well, to, to me, there's nothing more important than mean green football. That's an unfair cut for Seth, isn't it? I, I would say uh, they planned on firing him sooner, but he accidentally got his team into the Conference USA <laughs> Championship. So, um, And their AD left for West Virginia, who uh, I think had hired him, so it played out that way. But, hey, lots of hires and fires. Uh, well, just this fire, poor Seth, but lots of hires this week. Um, speaking of hires, some of the names popping up for the North Texas job. Your guy, Justin Fuente. Love it. T- TCUOC Garrett Riley, who just won the Broyles Award, which I was kind of surprised by. Um, and Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, which would also be a good hire. Yeah, I feel like swinging on Riley would make a lot of sense. Um, they'll, they'll probably hire someone way worse. 
I feel like, no offense, I love The Athletic putting out these articles, but there's been so many, like, off-the-radar dudes this year so far with hires. Yeah, okay, wait till I get to the UNLV job. We'll be oh, right back on the I love I love in the UNLV the rumors. They talked to Ed O, he's not interested. But yeah, no, the, what was the, the rumor yesterday was they were talking to Chris Peterson and Ed O. <laughs> And, and then Bruce Feldman reached out to Edo, and he's like, he didn't have any idea what the report was talking about. Um, speaking of hires, and because of certain hires, other openings, Cincinnati hires Louisville head coach Scott Satterfield, who's been trying to get out of Louisville since the day he took that job. Um, as a result, Louisville a, a rumored to be looking at Purdue head coach Jeff Brom, Rams OC Liam Cohen, and LSU defensive coordinator Matt House. Uh, I'm just going to run through them all, AJ, and you can pick and choose what you want to talk about. Okay. Uh, Coastal Carolina hires NC State OC Tim Beck, another kind of um, – because Liberty hired Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell, who's uh, Shantz went ahead and no-showed in the Sun Belt Championship. Colorado hires Jackson State head coach Dion Sanders, who in turn hires Kent State head coach Sean Lewis as his offensive coordinator, which now leaves the Flash with an opening, some rumored people to be filling that job. Ohio State running back coach Tony Alford, Kent State OC Andrew Soder, Toledo DC and former Mount Union championship winning head coach, uh, Vince cares. Uh, also filling roles are Tennessee OC Alex Golsh hired at USF as their head coach. Texas State hires Incarnate Word head coach GJ Kinney. Tulsa hires Ohio State offensive coordinator and form, former Indiana head coach Kevin Wilson. And finally, the Running Rebels hire Arkansas defensive coordinator Barry Odom. They landed Barry. So many. Great hires right there. It, a lot it, of. F- it's been a great year for hires. Everything is I, is interesting. I I appreciate that Cincinnati, Tulsa, and UNLV all hired head coaches who who like, I don't know. The last program to have them as head coach as head coaches was happy to have rid of them. Yeah, big time. Um, I will say, I mean, we'll save the 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 meat of this for the the coaching carousel show. But God, that Cincinnati hire of Satterfield looks bad. I don't – I mean, look, it's it's weird that they can poach – like, like not that they can do it, but that, you know, a, a group of five team can poach a sitting power five. Well, they're, they're, they're a big 12 team now. I know. I'm just saying, like, in, in a vacuum, you know, if you put it like that. But then uh, it's, a ma- <laughs> it's a major downgrade for them, and it's a major upgrade for wherever Louisville goes. Um, anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the meat yeah, of this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, C- Cincinnati was in the playoff last year, lose their head coach to Wisconsin – and have hired a guy who I feel like of every rumored person to take the job, this is the worst one, and yeah. they hired him. Louisville fans are happy he's gone. Louisville has been like very mid. Other the like the only reason like the entire season Louisville fans wanted him out, and the only reason he like continued to keep his job is because he has sick recruiting class coming in, which by the sounds of it had nothing to do with him. But hey, anyway, uh, he's Colorado just his whole his whole crew over too. Anyways, yeah, go on. Sorry. On the on the opposite spectrum, Colorado slam dunk hired potentially in Deion Sanders, who immediately uh, just makes a splash and hires Sean Lewis. That's fun. Um, 
and and reportedly he's gonna have a ton of talent come in transfer via the transfer portal uh and already has a five-star receiver in 2025 committed that's yeah what a whirlwind week for call like honestly i i wouldn't have believed the colorado rumors until it happened because like that seems you like, kept saying that I, it seems like such a weird fit and like I know, I know Colorado's got some, like, there, there's there's something there, but I just feel like Dion could have got a better job if he sat on it, but he's going to make but it. At, at the same time, it sounds like the only other people interested were South Florida and Cincinnati, who should have hired him. They, they should have hired him. I, I, I don't I know. Think would, it's would you cool. Do, I, it I is definitely it's, cool as fuck. It's, it's best for college football that he took the Colorado yeah, absolutely, job out of absolutely. those three gigs. Absolutely. Colorado was, like... Just going nowhere, <laughs> nowhere fast. I mean, and, it was you know, sad. It was sad. They, they used I like to be when Colorado's good. They're they, me too. They used to be DBU. They're going to be DBU again. You got to think, Rob. Um, um <laughs> the Sean Lewis that, came out of nowhere too, and that's so cool. Oh, and, and reports that yeah. Willie Taggart could join the staff. Mike Zimmer could be DC. Like <laughs> that would be the, so weird, uh, but so much fun. The other, the other interesting one is Jamie Chabble leaving Coastal for Liberty, yeah. going from a, a, a program that had lacked resources to the point their previous head coach had, had to invest in the program. Uh, Joe, Joe, what's his name? Joe Magolia, yeah. uh, who had been like a hedge fund guy back in the day, uh, to the richest G5 program in Liberty as they joined the Conference USA. Um, I mean, I think we can both – Strongly agree. We hate Liberty and everything Liberty stands for. We loved Jamie Chabell at Coastal, and and for me, this sullies everything I've felt the last three years. Uh, agreed. Uh, I mean, look, it just, this is our own podcast. I'm very personal, but I lose a lot of respect for someone who takes that job, um, especially with uh, McCaw as athletic director. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, GJ Kenny, baby. That was the sick. fact that Tal. No, the fact that Tulsa passed didn't hire him. Yeah. And Texas State did, Dan. Good for the Bobcats, though, baby. He'll, he'll have them cooking. I hope so. Um, can't wait to find out who Western Michigan hires. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Some some good names. I, apparently they interviewed Mike Hart. That one would hurt. But I think he's going to pass. Damn. You know how sick it would be if we had Brian Hartline and Mike Hart as <laughs> Mac head coaches? That'd be, <laughs> honestly, that'd be so good for Mac. And if... If Mike Hart was a head coach at a Michigan school in the MAC and, and Hartline was a head coach of a Ohio school in the MAC, I think we would move to just talking MAC football if that was the case. It's probably a market for it. Oh, there definitely is. Uh, speaking of markets, there's going to be a big market for a handful of these recent 2023 NFL draft declarations. I'll run through the offense. I'll run through the defense. You pick and choose as you may, AJ. This is really your show. I'm uh I might be grasping the wheel, but you're steering. You're the the puppet master. I'm just the puppet. All, all right, get into this, please. You're, you're milking this long enough. Go. Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, Ohio State receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, Maryland receiver Dante Demas, Western Kentucky receiver Daywood Davis. Oh, that was that was a lot shorter than I expected. That that was just the offense, but yeah. Oh, that wasn't bad. Um. I don't know. Not nothing too surprising in, in any of this group. Uh, the Levis versus Richardson <laughs> debate is gonna be interesting because I I feels if big media will be like obviously Levis is 
above Richardson, then there's going to be people like us who would be like, eh, they're not that far off from each other, actually. Yeah, they're, they're basically the same player, except Anthony Richardson is more talented. Um, I would draft Anthony Richardson over Will Levis me every too. day of the week and twice on Sunday. Me too. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba opts out of the, the playoff run because he couldn't get healthy. Yeah. Um, it makes sense, declares. Interesting to see where he falls just because I think he is a guy who people will say was never actually the most talented pl- receiver on his on his team and obviously he had an incredible year last year banged up all of this year don't think he'll run a f- super fast 40 but he's a very refined receiver so i think he'll be polarizing do you think when it's all i know it's so early but when it's all said and done do you think he ends up in the first round i i think i think like maybe there won't be first round grades but he'll end up as a first round pick yeah maybe. yeah like i think he'll Honestly, I, I like I've already finished my eval on him. I he should be a top thirty-two player for me, but won't have a first round. Yeah, game. I think that sounds about right. I think that's where we're gonna end up with him. It's gonna be interesting. Definitely. Defensively, we've got Iowa State's defensive lineman MJ Anderson, Florida defensive tackle Javon Dexter, Arkansas linebacker slash edge rusher Drew Sanders, uh, Oregon corner Christian Gonzalez, South Carolina corner Cam Smith. Vandy corner Jeremy Lucian, Ohio State safety Ronnie Hickman, Kentucky safety Kendall Brooks. Um, yeah, those some good corners in that group. Gonzalez is going to hear his name really early. Cam Smith early as well. Um, Drew Sanders' evaluation, I think, is going to be fun and like seeing everyone really dig in on him. I know lots of people have him like you know as a as a first round pick and. You know, just the whole debate around Drew Sanders about, you know, the, the position and the versatility. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really interesting and fun. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Javon Dexter is another guy who, like, early in the year we would yeah. have said, this guy's got a chance to be a top 10 pick. I'm pretty sure I did say that. Yeah. And then kind of um, was more stagnant down the stretch. But still, after that kind of top tier of interior defensive lineman, I think he's right up there in terms of potential. So. Yeah. It'll be it'll be fun to see if he can be a a, a late first round pick. Wouldn't shock me, not at all. No, definitely not. Um, I'm uh, also excited that uh, uh, Christian Gonzalez declared because I think he's awesome. AJ, I got so many more names to name before we actually get into the show. Oh my my god! This show is just naming names, anyways. So, just a couple couple dudes sitting around naming some some dudes. <laughs> That's, can we change I mean, our, our, our like our description to that? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what most podcasts are. <laughs> that's so true. Senior Bowl acceptances. Offense. Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner, Nebraska receiver Trey Palmer, Houston receiver Tank Dell, Alabama guard Emil Ekior, USC guard Andrew Voorhees, Florida guard Osiris Torrance, Michigan center Olu Oluwatimi, and Minnesota center John Michael Schmitz. Th- that's a hall of IOLs. That's yes. a good group of IOLs. Uh, John Michael Schmitz and Olu Oluwatimi on the field together, showing up to see who might be OC one potentially. Potentially, that's going to be a ton of fun. Um, on the flip side, wide receiver group is kind of thin, but I think Tank Dell has got a chance to make himself some real money there. Yeah, I think he's the most interesting, uh, at least let's say so far. Yeah. Um, obviously really undersized, but very dynamic football player. One of the most productive receivers of the last two years at Houston. I think he's going to be a guy we stand, especially after we see him cook some people at the senior bowl. Exactly. Yeah. I think he's going to make himself some, uh, some money there. Definitely. And, and Hayner's my guy, uh, on the defense, Alabama interior defensive lineman, Byron Young, Clemson 
interior defensive lineman Rook Aurorahor. Oklahoma State interior defensive lineman Tyler Lacey. Oklahoma defensive lineman Jalen Redman. Clemson edge rusher KJ Henry. Auburn edge rusher Derek Hall. Oregon edge rusher DJ Johnson. Florida linebacker Ventrell Miller. And, praise be, Boise State safety JL Skinner. Skinner's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I, I'm going to mention him on this show. Uh, so I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, edge groups, those are a couple of good gets there. Those are some good gets. Yeah. Byron Young is one of my favorite yeah. players in the entire draft. I think he's a, a legitimate first-round talent who uh, just kind of hasn't gotten the same attention as some of the other interior defensive linemen in this class. He, yeah. I think he shows up to, to Mobile and comes out as, as one of the biggest money makers. He seems like one of the easy picks to be that dude. You know, like we always yeah. have like a guy, especially like in that, like, you know, in, in under defensive line position who, you know, went to a big school, you know, one of these defensive line factories like Bama obviously is, and maybe got overshadowed and come out and, and make big money. And he feels like the easy choice this year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I, I feel like I'm excited about DJ Johnson too. Yeah. I've, that's a good one because I feel like a big week, he could help him so much. And, like, he, you know, he's got all the talent. He's a Untapped potentials, just yeah. super raw. Yeah. And KJ Henry, talk about a guy who's who's made money this season. Yeah. I, I think he's going to go out and, and just ball there. Um, I got so many more names for you. <laughs> East West Shrine Bowl. Fuck. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, West Virginia receiver Bryce Ford Wheaton, Louisiana receiver Michael Jefferson, South Carolina State receiver Shaq Davis, Florida receiver Justin Shorter, Arkansas tackle Dalton Wagner, Purdue tackle Jackie Chen, Indiana tackle Luke Haggard, UCLA guard Antonio Moffey, Tennessee offensive lineman Jerome Carvin. Bryce Ford Wheaton is going to be a lot of fun there. I, I We talked about him when he, uh, last week's episode when we talked about him declaring. Um... That, I mean, like, height, weight, speed type of dude who uh, could go up and show up. Like, I, I don't remember the whole – I know you got the whole roster memorized, Rob, but I unfortunately don't. Uh, he, he feels like he could be the second after Zay Flowers. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, like, second dude after Zay Flowers, that wide receiver group. I think so. I mean, hey, the East West Shrine game might have better receivers when it's all said and done this season. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, I'm also interested in DTR. This mm-hmm. quarterback class – uh, just given the guys who have so much eligibility left, like Michael Penix returning to school, baby Bo Nix returns to school, like DTR could be a quarterback who really helps himself. In, in if Brock Purdy can get drafted and play in the NFL, maybe DTR <laughs> can too. Uh, defensively, Ohio State interior defensive lineman Teron Vincent, Arizona State interior defensive lineman Nesta Jade Silvera, Coastal Carolina interior defensive lineman Gerard Clark, Mississippi State edge rusher Tyrus Wheat. Indiana linebacker Cam Jones, Tennessee linebacker Jeremy Banks, UAB corner Starling Thomas V, Louisiana Tech corner Miles Brown, and Penn State safety Jair Brown, who had already committed to the Senior Bowl, so I don't know which one he's at. Yeah, I Why don't. Why not both, he I, says. <laughs> I respect it. Um, so ignoring Brown, I think Gerard Clark, that's our that's our guy. The big old meat in the middle, 6'3", like two, 350-ish. Uh, I love that one. I, I think there, someone's going to find like a – like a really productive, you know, nose late in the draft with him, and I, I think he could, you know, could shoot up a bit. Uh, yeah, uh, Nesta Jade Silvera was a guy I really liked guy, yeah. uh, over the summer. Obviously, previously played four years at Miami. This year at Arizona State, who nobody watched. This year, um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think I watched a single Arizona State but, game. But, but a really juiced up uh, three tech. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him wreak some havoc uh, in Vegas. Okay. I was going to do a Heisman finalist things, but holy moly. 
Let's just say, we let's don't leave it at this. Yeah. Caleb Williams should win the Heisman, and Hendon Hooker should be at, at the ceremony instead of Stetson Bennett. Blake Corum would have won the Heisman if he didn't get hurt. That's a fact. I, I, I do think if he didn't get hurt, he would also be there. But, like, for some reason, Stetson Bennett would also be – like, it, they would have taken out Stroud or Duggan. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um. Anyway, give, give, the, give the Heisman to Bryce Young again. He's probably the most valuable player outside of Caleb Williams. Uh, college football championship weekend superlatives. You've been waiting all year for these, AJ. You know, you know who I am. I love my conference championship weekends. I think it's the most important week in all of sports. Uh, I don't care about the natty. Win your conference. That's all that matters. Um, well, that feels like a shot at Ohio State, but uh, back to back champs, baby. We're we're in the playoff, and USC ain't so they don't. They're not conference champs either. So that's true. That's true. Um, speaking of USC, the first two freshmen I'll give you come from from the team that beat them. Uh, Utah running back Jaquindon Jackson, who uh, was a Texas quarterback not too long ago, <laughs> with Tavian Thomas going pro. Jackson had to really step up in this game, and he he was monstrous. He Ran was. for 105 yards, two touchdowns, just a scary blend of size and burst at 230 pounds. Yeah. He, I mean, Frank, Utah's in good hands with him at running back next year. Man, those Utah-Colorado battles between Kyle and Dion, ooh, baby. Those are going to be shows. <laughs> who's, your, who, who's your other you? Yeah. The Utah uh, nose tackle Samonte Peppa. That's that's a that's a Just, nose tackle's name. You, the Pac-12 is at its best when it's got nose tackles, oh, yeah. and specifically when Utah's got one. And this guy's three hundred and fifty-five pounds mm-hmm. at the age of nineteen, and USC couldn't run the ball because he's just eating eating space, plugging holes. Loved it. Utah, I don't know, like they're so built to beat USC, and it, it, it keeps working. It's like how Michigan's built to beat. Ohio State. Yep. And Kansas State is built to beat TCU. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to start a little more high-key and go, and go with a, maybe one of the new superstars of the sport. Cade Klubnik finally getting the, getting the show on the road for Clemson. Uh, he came in and balled out. Like, four incompletions, almost 300 yards passing. Uh, ran for a touchdown, threw for a touchdown. Whoa, that one deep shot he made da- down the left sideline. I forget who the receiver was. But it's it, the random, the random guy, the random guy, yeah. That, that throw was ridiculous. That throw was ridiculous, and that's like, oh yeah, this is, this is this dude's as advertised coming into Clemson. It kind of shocked that he hasn't been the starter for longer. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck, that's yeah. Clemson's in good hands again. It's funny. He he only th- had thrown twenty one passes this season prior to this game. Yeah, they'd obviously pulled DJU at, at different times, times <laughs> but had never really gave Klubnik the the keys to run much um i know they they pulled him against notre dame yeah. I, I i know he, he came in against georgia tech early in the year obviously they were winning that game he played a bit about against Furman, but never really showed anything um and it, it's funny they pulled dju really quick in this game so what after like two three and outs yeah and, and then club came in and he was just so efficient and so accurate and he seemed so confident and just had such a strong grasp of the offense. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where DJU uh, ends up now that he's in the portal. Too. UCLA. It's a lock. I hope so. UCLA loves the portal. 
Um, I'll go do uh, a guy on your turf. Michigan corner Will Johnson. Mm-hmm. This was the first big-time Will Johnson game. 6-3. Yeah. Five-star uh, corner, baby. Just, yeah, two, p- picked off Aiden O'Connell twice. Um, just getting his hands on everything in that game. Yeah, the, the one interception, like one was in the red zone on Charlie Jones, the GOAT. But the other one just breaking on that slant, that was big time. This was the first, like, yeah, Will Johnson is uh, is, is a five-star for a good recent game. Um, my final one goes to the Conference USA Championship where UTSA running back Kavorian yeah. Barnes ran for a buck seventy five and a touchdown. He, I, I thought it, I was having flashbacks to uh, what's his name? <laughs> the good flashbacks. The, to, to what's Last, his name? Yeah, um, I can't think of his name. Last year's UTSA running back. That's so brutal. Remember when people thought he was like a sincere McCormick? Pick? Yeah, sincere. Yeah, he's on the Raiders uh, IR this year. Um, yeah, it looked like him, but okay. Barnes is a five nine, two hundred and fifteen pound yeah. uh, redshirt freshman who had some surprising juice to go with a, a nice juice. blend of contact. Yeah. Hey, he's on eliminating angles uh, on that uh, that touchdown run. He just blew by the safeties. Uh, yeah, it was good. I'm, I'm glad we both had him here. I want to sneak sneak some like small school love in. Uh, I'll go one more big school just just to throw it out there. Speaking of UCLA. Uh, Doug Nussmeyer's boy out there slinging from LSU, Garrett Nussmeyer, came yep. in came in with Daniels getting hurt. It wasn't like a, a special performance, but putting up almost 300 yards against Georgia. And, like, just the way he spun that ball and, and the plays he was making, that was fun as hell. And maybe BK's finally got a quarterback. Watch out. Yeah, hey, they got the – they got Keyshawn Boutte going back. So Yeah. Um, going to sophomore now. I know Caleb Williams and USC lost, but Caleb Williams had the had to put the entire team on his shoulders to even keep him in this game. And I I I'm, I feel strongly that had he not got hurt, USC would have won. Uh, me too. And he was hurt and still carrying USC. It was ridiculous the plays he was making. And the, I just the, go ahead, sorry. The play he got hurt on too. That run was insane. Yeah. Uh. Okay, I just wanted to talk about how, like, it seems like a lot of college football fans have flipped on Caleb Williams. Like, just, like, I don't know. There's a lot of hate out there for him right now. Like, because obviously he, you know, he quote tweeted Duggan crying and said laugh aloud. But he was commenting on the fact that people are criticizing him for being upset. It seems like a lot of college football fans have kind of flipped on Williams. I don't get it. Uh, just because he paints I his think, nails, like fuck off. Um, anyways, I, I I think there's some minor racism to that. Yeah, I don't. There, there's to the way Max Duggan gets treated for losing a conference championship and crying, and the way Caleb Williams gets treated. Yeah, I, I mean, there's one pretty clear factor to me. In yeah, that. I just wanted to bring that up, and like, yeah, a lot of like you know, just I don't know, people shitting on him for being outspoken, but I didn't even it wasn't even like because I don't know. Anyways. Stupid shit. I think he's a first overall pick next year. That's if, he, if if he, if he doesn't win the Heisman, it's just the most ridiculous thing in the world because he is the only reason USC played in the, the Pac-12 championship. Correct. Did you see that defense get ripped by Utah? It was brutal. Alex Grinch is a joke of a defensive coordinator. Obviously, Lincoln Riley's a great head coach, a great play caller. Um, Caleb Williams was doing it behind like a, a sewn-together offensive line. Um, yeah, no Voorhees in that game. Yeah. And uh, it was just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you don't give him the uh, the crown. It's so the weird, and I know Duggan got his team to overtime, and he was amazing. But it's so weird the 
like I don't know the the, the differences and like they, they basically did the same thing except Duggan got his team overtime and and Duggan's on a better team is I think right now at least a more complete team you know anyways uh Williams was unreal that, that was a Warriors performance uh give him the Heisman agreed agreed you know who's always a goddamn warrior Rob and he's a fucking freak and it's always gonna be here is Brock Bowers he's just I, I don't know, man. He's so damn good. I, I'm i so excited to, like, you know, get into his draft year. It feels like we've been talking about him for so long, even though it's only been two seasons. <laughs> but, oh, it's special. It's going to be fun, um, I think, trying to stack him up with Kyle Pitts. I think that's what's going to be fun. I agree. It's just the, the, we haven't really seen a uh, weapon at tight end other than Kyle Pitts like this guy. And obviously it's different stylistically, mm-hmm. but I just mean – in the way they can take over an SEC game. Yeah, it's it's freaky. It's definitely freaky. And it's funny, too, because, like, I thought, like, I think most people thought he was, for, for pretty much the entire season, the best tight end in college football. Yeah. And, and, and his numbers were uh, had a drop-off from the freshman year. Like, that's just how good he's been yeah. since he stepped, stepped on the field. Um, I think also part of that had to do with them kind of utilizing Darnell Washington more this year. Um, Wisely. I think we have to go to, to back to your school where Donovan Edwards, a hel- uh, who appeared to be healthy maybe for the first time all year, just tore apart the Purdue defense. I, I know I know we knew he was a twitchy, explosive athlete, but I think the thing that stood out was how angry he was running, just bouncing off multiple tackles. It felt like every carry. Um, different style, in my opinion, to Blake Corum. Uh, but maybe more NFL talented than Blake Corum. Yeah. I, I, I love Blake Corum, but I think he, he is, he's more of a real, you know, NFL RB one. Um, not to mention still a big old cast on his wrist and his, you know, before the last two games, I would say what really, you know, separates Donovan Edwards from a lot of running backs in the country is his, is how fucking good he is receiving, you know, in the, in the passing game. Um, so, you know, healthy, hopefully, hopefully he can get that cast off and get into the playoffs and, because he's he's an X factor when you like the way he's running right now and the way he can catch the football and run routes, uh, an X factor big time. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, hundred and forty five of his yards came after contact. Yeah, that is think, more rushing yards on, on conference championship weekend than uh, any other um, player in the Power Five. Yeah, it's it, he like I know like you know a lot of his yards came on the, on those two touchdown runs against Ohio State, but. He he's really turned it up. He really has turned it up. And like honestly, I feel like a flip just switched. Um, like at halftime of the Ohio State game, where like he felt very hesitant in the first half. I think because of the wrist and not wanting to fumble or whatnot, and then it just switched. And he, I, I agree with you. He's running harder, and he's just he's just become a monster. Um, in a losing effort, Malik Neighbors had a really nice game for LSU. Yep. And I mentioned Boudet's going back. You mentioned uh, Nussmeier. Neighbors with those two, like that could be a lot of fun. He had 854 yards as a true sophomore this year. He had a slow start to the year. I know he muffed that punt early that, that kind of got him in some trouble against Florida State. But really since that game, he's been a consistent threat for them and, and the go-to receiver for much of this season. Yeah. And this was his uh, second most productive game yards-wise this year. Goes for 128 and score. Um, just another LSU receiver who just looks so explosive. 
he was better than Booty all year long. I mean, it, it's kind of funny that Booty has his best game and then and then goes back. But yeah, that LSU LSU passing attack should be in good hands between the, the trio there. Um, I'm going to mention two defensive teammates here: Jeremiah Trotter, man, a junior, I should say. Again, what a, what a fucking ball game. He's just he's just come alive in the back half of the season for Clemson. Three sacks all over the field. Uh, he's a monster. And then behind him, I thought Nate Wiggins. Nate Wiggins is the best sophomore I saw this weekend. Yeah. Other other than Caleb Williams when he was healthy. Exactly. Uh, I had the pick six, which was, you know, just <laughs> Drake May threw it right, right at him. And he has it 98 yards. It was a hell of a play. But, but just like he played a complete game too. Like he, Blocked he was, the field goal. Yeah, blocked the field goal. And just in coverage, he was rock solid, too. Yeah. He, uh, long, physical, yeah, explosive. Um, just made so many key plays throughout this game. He, he looks like that next uh, top 40 Clemson corner. That I haven't heard too, too much about. So, um, yeah, he's a baller. Yeah. All right, getting into the draft eligible now. Uh, starting with our weekday Warriors, it, it, it feels only right to give it to the team that uh, personifies the term warrior more than any other in the country, perhaps. The Utah Utes. Specifically, I give it to a combination of Cam Rising, Braden Daniels, and Gabe Reed. Uh, yeah, I, th- I didn't do Utah because I'm, I'm like, weekday warrior, you got to give it to a, a, like a small school guy, but uh, Braden Daniels was one of my top shooting up the boards. He, yeah, he, played, a, he, he played an unreal game. For for all the attention Cam Rising, the running game, the defense got, like that offensive line played incredible. And, and yeah. Braden Daniels is the leader up front. He, on numerous occasions, just kind of sealed off linebackers to to help pop chunk runs to Bernard and Jackson. Um, he is such a fluid athlete. And, mm-hmm. and, and like the USC pass rush was knocking. Cam Rising had all day back there. To kind of pick apart uh, a weaker USC defense, yeah, and I, I mean Cam Rising rose to the occasion. Oh, I saw you did. Uh, again, going back to what I was saying about DTR earlier, is this quarterback class is lacking in depth? Like, would it surprise you if Cam Rising goes to let's say the East West Shrine game and has a good week, and probably a guy NFL teams are gonna love the grit of? Like, would yeah, you be surprised if he's a late round pick maybe no not. i don't think so it's and, been a, and, kind and of just, a funky year for him but no this is the, like you said roast of the occasion this one go ahead sorry and then finally with gabe reed uh the stanford transfer um he he has been a, a huge part of the the this defense this year um but no bigger game than this one he was just bowling over usc offensive lineman on his way to uh to Caleb Williams, like he was harassing Caleb Williams for all four quarters. Oh yeah, like yeah. the the amount of pressure Caleb Williams saw was insane, and I felt like when that game got out of hand, they really should have not had him in there for those like for a couple series. I know they finally did when they gave up, but man, yeah, they, they that that you that entire Utah pass rush and defense just was monstrous. Um. I gotta go to the other game though. I gotta go to my road runners, our road runners, and, and give it to one of our guys, Zakari Franklin, who who was near dominant. I it, gave him uh, my small school honors this week. Yeah, he deserves better, Rob. You know he does. Ten catches, a buck forty-four, three touchdowns. 
also had a really sweet like cash to like it got him to fourth and short. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was a conversion. But then they went for it and got it anyways. Nice hang time, you know, in in traffic, just like sticking up there in the air. Kept the ball away from his body and and from the defender. Then like snuck his feet in bounds. That was a hell of a catch. Then had that like you know nasty out and ups, just toasted the corner and got a touchdown. Then the the other one you tweeted out the sluggo kind of slow played it. You know, got got. I felt like he did such a good job of just working through the traffic. Kind of like ran through a guy and avoided a guy. Just good natural feel, and and then and then you know it opens up and he finishes. Um, Franklin was great. He was he was really great. And this is a really nice uh, piece de resistance to his season. He uh, he has such great body control. He does. Like, that, I think that's his defining trait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think. You know, a lot of those guys, like, you know, some guys are great body controls guys, but bigger body guys and, like, you know, jump ball guys. And that maybe doesn't translate all the time because, you know, it's hard to get in this situation. But you can get open. And, and when you can get open and get that body control, that's when you can become something, you know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of talented receivers, <laughs> I, I, I had to give my, in a losing effort, I had to give my best offensive prospect uh, honors to TCU's Quentin Johnston. Because coming off the injury, he he had had a couple quiet weeks. Um, he he just clearly hadn't been healthy. Uh, what since the like West Virginia game yeah, yeah. in late October? Um, he comes back, goes it almost carries TCU to a victory uh, with some gutsy efforts from Max Duggan. Um, goes for one thirty nine on just four catches. Uh, and draws two DPIs in a in a just also uh, the best prospect versus prospect matchup of, uh, of yeah. the, the day with Johnson and and Julius Brents who yeah. might be the only corner in the country who's as big and as athletic as, as Johnson and Brents had a pretty solid showing despite Johnson getting the best of him a couple times that that's my prospect um, versus prospect matchup it was it, it was so enjoyable. it had to be it was yeah. so fun. And obviously, Brent's had that pick in the end zone. Um, but, uh, yeah, Johnson just – it looked like he he was back to his old ways in this one. Mm-hmm. Just drawing DPIs way downfield, finding the ball in traffic. Just throw it up to him, and he's going to go make a play. The one where Duggan just chucked it up to him. And, you know, and Johnson was running a go down the sideline, and the ball was more towards the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And, I, I like, I don't – I don't know how he like just so instinctively knew <laughs> knew it was going there and like you know broke off and just like I don't know it's like he made the play look so easy but that's something you don't see very often that just the speed to get under it track it that was that was unreal yeah so I I had to give it to him I'm really I, I the time off should serve him well for uh, getting ready yeah. for the semifinal I'm really interested to see how uh, Michigan and Jesse Minter um, handle him. They're going to struggle. They've struggled against bigger uh, wide receivers. Uh, I mean, not me, I, I think I just – the way Will Johnson looked, I think I just let him shadow him. But um, I speaking of Will Johnson, I I didn't give Quinton Johnson, the the, the offensive player, you know, offensive prospect of the week, very, very deserving, was the, probably the best, you know, offensive prospect this week, if that makes any sense. But I gave it to, to, to another receiver, Charlie Sizzles, baby, Charlie Jones of Purdue. <laughs> Who was I, I give him from my transfer popped off. <laughs> he deserves so much better. 13 catches, 162 yards. Could not be covered. Could not be covered by the Michigan defense. Uh, oh, man. 
like just such a great feel for finding the, the soft spots. This guy is going to be he's going to be a slot receiver for so long in the NFL. Just like that, the releases, the route running, just the IQ, the the, the everything, the, the catching, and and then he was getting downfield and doing some work too. And him and Aiden O'Connell, they have a special special connection going back to you know fucking Pop Warner days, but. Charlie Jones is legit. He's legit. What a massive transfer for him. It's very, you know, can, good, yeah. Can I just say, this this guy, as a true freshman at Buffalo, had a really productive freshman year. Use that to transfer to Iowa, where Iowa just, like, he played 21 games at Iowa, caught 21 passes, transfers to Purdue, and in one season catches 110 passes for 1,300 yards. I will say... Is Charlie Jones the reason like five Iowa receivers have hit the portal in the last three days? <laughs> I, I think he's one of the reasons. I think mean, there's a lot of other reasons. Although Cade's uh, coming in, they should all stick but around. But I, I don't. I, you'd be hard pressed to say there was a better transfer this year than Charlie. Jones. Yeah, for for both the team and for personally, like not not to get too romantic about football, but like I feel like this happens so often. But can't you just that that tale you just spun and we told we told together here. Can't you just hear Chris Collinsworth talking about that on Sunday Night Football in a year from now? Yeah, as Charlie Jones is catching his 10th pass of a game for the Patriots <laughs> against the Bills. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Right, clip that, and we'll play it back in a year when that's exactly happening. Uh, great, great game for Charlie Jones. Another another win for the Mac, too, is that he started his career there. The Mac, exactly. all it does is produce NFL talent at receiver. Amen. All right, are we both agreeing Jalen Carter has to be defensive uh, prospect of the week? There's no one close. There's no one. J- J- Jaylen, for like the fifth, Jalen Carter's like been healthy for five games and all five times he's won our defensive prospect of the week. Yeah, he's been the best player in college football, I think, all five times. I mean, <laughs> whew, um, just just a different level, man. Like that's that's the SEC championship game. Man. I know LSU's not a special team and, you know, like they've got some talent off, on the offensive line, but man, that looks like – it looks like he's like he's playing a high school offensive line. It's it was ridiculous. I know it, it, one sack, two TFLs, blocked a field goal uh, that this, led to a touchdown. That led, yeah, more on that somewhere I'm sure. Um, but like like the stats could have been so much better. I feel like he he caused fifteen TFLs and, and five sacks and like and then you know Picked the sack was, Daniels with one arm. Yeah, and pointing to the sky with one hand. Like first overall pick, top prospect. I think I'm right there with you, uh, Jalen. So I mean, just an unreal, uh, monster man. Yeah. Like, no. His 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 movement ability at that size and moving at that speed is so freaky. Like his lower the, body agility is nuts. I think my favorite part about him is like he isn't a guy who just relies on being the best athlete on the, no. in the trenches. Agreed. Because he is that, but it's it's the fact that he is such a fluid pass rusher. With still such violent hands, like on that that sack where he picked made Jaden Daniels' his son, it was a club swim and it just was so easy. You're right; it felt like it was a a NFL player against a high school player. Just yeah. the way he bl- like blows these linemen out of, out of the water, and of course he's the one who blocks the field goal, and that really gave Georgia the momentum in this game. Yeah, yeah, um, it was tight for a little bit. Like Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are the top two prospects in this class, and I I, I think. A year ago, maybe people would be like, Will Anderson's clearly the number one. Well, that's not the case now. Like, Jalen Carter's been that good. And that's not to to diminish Will Anderson. Like, these are both rare guys, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. Jalen Carter so too. is a lot like Quinn Williams coming out of Alabama. 
I mean, look, it's early, and it, it's maybe a bit of an exaggeration, but there's a chance he's better. Um, there's a chance. But it's very similar, man. Like, just, like, I remember when we talked with Williams, it's like, I don't know how he does the things he does and makes it look so easy. And there's a lot of the same vibe from Jalen Carter. Um, yeah, I mean, monster. Like, just an absolute monster. I wish I wish Jalen Carter got to be healthy for this whole year. Because, I know. Like, he still put up really good numbers despite not being healthy for, like, most of the season. And, oh, man. It's going to be fun to watch him against Ohio State. Yeah. You know what's, like... Like you know, obviously, like he's he's got a job in Georgia. He does it. Like if he was like on like a lesser school, like I think we would have seen him out at Edge. I think he would have looked like 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 not not like you'd ever leave him there. But I think he would have gotten like a, he could probably do ten sacks out on the edge. Uh, I I would love to see a team like get goofy with him at the next level, like because he's he's a freak. I feel like even though like we're saying he's the he's the top prospect or at worst number two for everyone, I still feel like he's just, he's slightly underappreciated because. Of just every, like obviously the injury and just everything, uh, he's so he's so fucking good. Yeah, his teammate uh, is um, my top shooting up the board this week. Georgia yeah. safety Christopher Smith, who I loved over the summer. I think he is exactly what you're looking for in a modern NFL safety that you're not spending huge draft capital on because he is really really smart, yes. clearly a high IQ football player and a physical monster. Um, in this game, he is the one who returned the block field goal for a touchdown, using his smartness to slow play it. Yeah, and LSU didn't know what was happening. Um, later in the game, he he uh, was was over the slot receiver. LSU's running an RPO. He reads it. He hammers down, triggers down, picks off the pass. Also, also had a TFL in this game. I love Christopher Smith. Um, I love this. The, the safety is one of my favorite positions. I think this is the guy I'd be. I'm, I'm going to be banging the table for throughout the process. Uh, that's not, like, one of the three best in the group. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agreed. And, like, that 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 field goal return touchdown was maybe the smartest play I saw all year. Like, 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 like you said, to slow play it, but not just that. Like, he, if the ball stops, the play's dead. And it's like it was just about to f- come to its final turn, and that's when he picked it up and went. It, it was, like, I don't know, like, like football IQ to the thousandth degree. Um, a beautiful, and like you said, tricking down, making that hit, forcing the interception was awesome. He, he was a baller. Yeah, definitely one of the top dudes. Um, I've also throw, thrown down, uh, I thought Trenton Simpson had this my next like, one of his best games of the year. Yeah. he. You know what? I, I spy duty and just ruined Drake May's day. Yeah. It was it was genius. It, it was genius on on uh, the Clemson staff's part. Uh, just like between him and the rest of the – the front who some of them had monster performances too, but uh, he was like kind of the flashiest in the stat box. Um, and yeah, just the, the, his, you know, his explosiveness was, I think on the, like you said, maybe the best game of the year. And you just saw it on full display. Cause he just letting him get after may. And it was just, it was just so genius. And um, sack and a half, eight tackles got banged up a bit too. came back into the game. Uh, was fine after that too. I, yeah, no, he was great. Yeah, He, he was just keeping Drake may at bay all game. Um, a couple different times they were lining them up. They were like doing the this 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 kind of almost like three man front with with Simpson coming down and being the fourth defensive lineman yeah. as like a stand up edge, and it it was awesome. Um, freak show athlete. I, he didn't have the same productivity of uh, 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 that he had last year, but uh, I think he's going to be clearly the top linebacker in this class for. The versatility, the athleticism, and the violence. Agreed. Agreed. Um, 
you know, sticking in the same game, maybe not my not my next guy, but jumping down a little bit. I thought I thought Josh Downs was clearly the best player for awesome. UNC. He was yeah. awesome. He, if I, I think he caught eleven passes for a hundred yards, and I swear all of them were for first downs. Yeah, you might you might be right, and you know, showing that that yak like that easy gliding, you know, acceleration in the open field a couple times. Um, I felt like he just kept UNC in the game for for as long as they were in the game for. Um, you know, Drake May, Drake May didn't have a great performance, and. No. Downs just you know, like you said, I feel like every catch went for a first down, and he was, he was unreal. Yeah, he's um, I, I I have a suspicion that he won't go in the first round, but he's gonna be that guy who, who goes early in the second round. Let's say, we'll say top fifty, who everyone on draft Twitter loves. Yeah, thinks should go in the first round. He won't. He'll go to a team that everyone's gonna be like, oh my god, how did he fall to them? Every fantasy person will then be like, this is the guy to get in your rookie drafts. And uh, he'll way out play his draft position. And then he'll be stuck with Zach Wilson and Robert Salah won't, uh, Don't won't push that him. on him. <laughs> My God. No, Josh Downs is going to find a good home. I guarantee it. Yeah, he'll be with the Giants. Daniel Jones. Baby. That that actually would be a good fit if they get a quarterback. Wandale and Josh Downs. That would be nasty, yeah. They got a quarterback, son. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. Uh, he's the best runner in the NFL. I saw Lamar and Justin Fields. Um, jumping back to, to the linebacker position, going to the, the two-lane US, yeah. UCF revenge game for my green wave, Dorian Williams did a really similar thing to Trenton Simpson. Yeah. He spent pretty much the whole game spying John Reese Plumley, um, and the guy who came in for John Reese Plumley, whose name's escaping me. Um, and just... Anytime they kind of got out of the pocket, he he triggered down. He he tackled them either for a loss or in the open field. Finished with ten tackles, two TFLs, a sack, a hurry, and a PBU. Uh, he just frequently flashed that downhill explosiveness and, and uh, the physicality as a tackler. He's a guy who's going to go to the Senior Bowl. It's a, a fairly open linebacker class, if you ask me, and. Uh, Dorian Williams is gonna have a lot of fans. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was fantastic. And speaking of a lot of fans, on the flip side, Ty J Spears had another fantastic performance. This feels like the performance yep. where now everyone's opening their eyes. The Ty J Spears, all the people we knew were gonna fall in love with him, they're starting to. I think. Yeah. Almost, one of, go ahead. Sorry. I was, I was just gonna say, like, just every time he took, he he had a carry. It felt like 10, 15, 30. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, twenty-two for one hundred ninety-nine yards. So. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Like, and that that fifty five yard touchdown run that was just so nasty, so nasty. Like, I just loved like that open field instincts he had, like just just making so many guys miss, but like also like just creating his own space. I felt like every little oh. movement he made was like a reaction, like you know, a yard for for every other defender, and just like creating that space for himself and finishing. Uh, he was a monster. Also, uh, uh, one of the maybe not used as much as he could have been as a pass catcher uh, throughout his career, but. A very reliable pass yeah. catcher. Very, very I, reliable and good, yes. He's Naeem Hines, AJ. Book he, it. He he's, might be. he's Naeem Hines. And there's no greater running back in football than Naeem <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a superstar right now. Hey. Hey. He just needs a better opportunity. Okay? It sucks that they traded for him and don't use him. Anyways, um, uh, go I, ahead. I got two more in a losing effort uh, for TCU. Mm-hmm. Max Duggan, it just feels like we have to talk about. Like we haven't done enough. One, yeah, it was right. one of the gutsiest performances I think we've seen in recent college football memory. Definitely, the the, the guy threw completed the two point conversion, and like 
collapsed yeah. and like just needed space like because he couldn't breathe he's covered in blood um he's just getting his ass handed to him and kept getting up kept chucking up to quentin johnson carrying the team on his back as a runner ran for 110 um uh, this was his like he's he caleb williams should win the heisman but this was a very heisman moment type of game even though they lost in overtime it was it was and yeah that one series where like I think they went 80 yards, and he probably had 75 yards rushing on the one on the one series, and yeah. and had the one touchdown come back, and he was gassed, and it came back, and still also, finished. Yeah, another guy who might go back to school. Ooh, that'd be that'd be really big for the for the Horn Frogs. Yeah. Um, uh, his, his teammate, go ahead. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Horton, Horton is yeah, teammate, definitely. Who's really kind of racked together a couple big performances down the stretch. Yep, but a guy who's on the freaks list. A guy who who started his career at, at New Mexico as a linebacker um, has really shown something the last couple of weeks. Is both a run defender and a pass rusher. Yeah. You see the explosive athleticism when he shoots gaps. You see him using it to, to generate power as a pass rusher. Kansas State couldn't block him. Yeah, I had a couple of sacks and then had that one play where you know, he just like blew up a fourth down. Didn't make the play, but just... Which Set it up there. and be made. Yeah, yeah. And one more guy from that game, if I may. The deuce was loose, and I love seeing Deuce Vaughn go yeah. off for, uh, for for the Cats. Um, you know, had that nasty touchdown run where you just ended that dude. Just you, just made you, that cut and destroyed him. You know what? I put he for for outplay the box score because I he had 160 yards from scrimmage and touchdown. It just felt like more than that to me because he he is the Kansas State offense. He was, and I mean, like, like he had that one drop where like they just released him of the backfield on the seam, and, and like it was a targeting, uh, but then golf returned. That like a play that he should have made, but tough play. Be- but it's only a play he should made because we know he does it all the time. And like you said, that it just he really was the K State offense. And yeah, it felt felt more like a two hundred yard performance and a three touchdown performance. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, going to do you have any more? Or yeah, if if, if, I, if you don't mind, Rob, if you don't yeah, mind, yeah, quickly. This guy a little bit out of nowhere, but I was really impressive with another Ute, uh, RJ Herbert, the safety, who who had nine tackles, a pick. Um, it was just like he he was the one that read that little like fake screen they tried with uh, with Addison, and but then it was the sideline shot, and he just broke it perfectly, uh, sealed the game for them. Uh, a sprinter and wide receiver in high school, so he's got that like athletic chops. Has had a productive year, kind of like a sleepery dude right now, but uh, someone to watch. And and I just last, I don't know if you put him anywhere, but Jake Hayner. Didn't I did. I... I put him for a play the box score again. Okay. Okay. Because he threw for one eighty four in a t- TD. Not super awesome, but was he say has a really good defense? And it felt like every time they needed a big clutch throw from him, mm-hmm. he made it. Agree. Agree. Like it wasn't like an amazing game, but he played really good. Um, it feels though like him. Like we we talked about earlier with other quarterbacks, maybe t- like DTR and whatnot. But like I think he is going to be the one that really takes advantage of the shallow class and like. He's my guy. Yeah, he's your guy. I think he's a lot of like NFL type of dudes, guys. He might have got himself into day two if he went to Washington. I like I, I'm still stuck on that with how good Michael Penix has been. I think Hayner is better. Um, but yeah, just like I think he's gonna. It's my guy. He's gonna shoot up the boards with a with a Senior Bowl performance. Given how like there's so many QB needy teams and there's not that many QBs in this class. Yeah. Um, all right, so I, oh, actually, I just want to say Clark Phillips played a really good game. We just didn't really mention him any of that where, but that helps me for my sliding down. I thought Jordan Addison just 
kind of had a underwhelming game uh, against the Utes. Uh, agreed. I, I was gonna like they're my alternate pick for for prospect versus prospect matchup, but Phillips won. Like Clark Phillips clearly won. Had the nice PBU in the end zone. Uh, like the only play Addison really made was like Phillips like, kind of sl- slip slipped and Addison got behind him and. Caleb Williams made like an insane off platform yeah. to find him. Like, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like five catches, sixty-five yards. I think the, like the two clear like losers this week, unfortunately, are from USC uh, yeah. because they're the big losers this week. But yeah, go on. Sorry. With uh, Tully, two. That's my. That's my other guy. Yeah, he had he got nothing going. He he had that TFL that was actually more the interior defensive lineman who who made that play. Yeah. But outside of that, he didn't have a lot going on against Utah. Really struggled to generate any pass rush against both Braden Daniels and the right tackle. Um, Didn't show up. Yeah, for real. In in a game they needed him big time um, to keep their playoff hopes alive. Just really didn't show up. So yeah, I thought those two guys were the the top guys. I didn't have that many guys this week, but. Two high-profile guys that just didn't didn't get it done. Well, we're on the topic uh, coming off the Jake Hayner statement, uh, the, the quarterback play. Like Aiden O'Connell had a big opportunity, I think, yeah. to to really help himself. And I, I I mean I thought Charlie Jones made him look better than he was. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I love uh, Aiden O'Connell. I think he was a baller, but I agree with you. Yeah, I I, I think he he he's still got a very good chance to be uh, a top ten quarterback in in this class. Just because there's a lack of talent, but uh, yeah, plus the two interceptions. Like I, I just thought it was very overwhelming. Kind of killed them in the end. Like yeah. they were in it for a bit. Yeah, the first interception to Johnson in the red zone just felt like he he panicked and like, oh, Charlie Jones is over there, and yeah. just just and honestly, if, if he had a second more, I think Charlie Jones probably could have came open and potential touchdown. That 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 pick just felt like, oh, this is this is gonna get railroaded now. Uh, no, I think that's that's a good one. And yeah, a guy that could have taken advantage. Didn't play like a brutal game, but I, I agree with you. It was more just like Charlie Jones is damn good. Yeah, who else you got? I, I'm gonna name one Michigan guy who ended up like with a big, uh, and he's not a big time player or anything. It just I, I, I'm kind of shallow this week. Um, ended up with like a decent box score, but I thought Michael Barrett, the linebacker who is a senior, um, he had a ten tackles in the sack, but I didn't think he played a good game. Um, he, early on, it was like him like their drop, and I know Minter is kind of like the master of uh, halftime adjustments, but. They were kind of like just dropping him into like zone, and like he was just way out of position. And a lot of like Charlie Jones receptions was just like in his zone. He was like just biting on other stuff, and it was bad. Had a couple missed tackles too, so like just just and I ended up with ten tackles in the sack, but um, not not a not an impressive performance for for a guy who's you know doesn't have a lot of games left in college football. Um, I I put down uh, two LSU defenders. Um, I put down linebacker um, uh, Micah uh, Baskerville. Who had flashy who thought, plays. Yeah, but he really struggled in space, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darnell Washington got behind him. Uh, uh, Brock Bowers got him beat a couple times. Yeah. Um, and uh, their corner, Jarek Bernard Converse, who Lab McConkey really got behind. Um, <laughs> I thought those two guys struggled a little bit. I thought TCU safety Mark Perry... Yeah. Uh, he got beat over the top one time. He he also made a, a, a sweet TFL, but also missed Deuce Vaughn in an open field. Um, I know, like, these aren't the biggest of prospects, but... I, I kind of, like, I've liked Baskerville. I know I haven't mentioned on the podcast, but, like, every time I watch LSU, I'm like, this guy can play a bit. And he has his fl- he had his flashy moments against Georgia, but I think he, he got a couple penalties, too, if I remember correctly. I didn't write him down or anything, but, yeah, I think that's a fair one. And, and if I may, just one more I want to mention that I kind of just want to have a conversation about... 
one of my favorite quarterbacks, um, Grace McCall. Like he yeah, wasn't. But he's that's funny. I put it, he's my last one here. Yeah, like he wasn't terrible in the game, but he wasn't good. A lot of it came in garbage time. Like Troy was yeah. up twenty four nothing, and in the, I know the first he, quarter. <laughs> the, yeah, he had come back. From the injury yeah. for this game, yeah. Troy is the best, maybe the best defense in the G five, probably. Um, yeah, they did a really good job. They had a, a, a guy um, I was going to mention for a play the box score, Carlton Marshall, mm-hmm. uh, their linebacker, <laughs> the all time FBS leader yeah. in tackles, do something similar to Trenton Simpson and Dory Williams. He was kind of spying Grayson McCall for much of this game. Carlton Marshall's never outplayed the box score because he usually has thirty five tackles. In the game. Yeah, just only nine <laughs> in this game. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's a bad he, number for him. He, he did a really good job kind of running that defense and, and, and keeping Grayson McCall at bay. Yeah. Um, but McCall still had four touchdowns. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of him garbage time. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens here because I don't think yeah. Grayson McCall is a draftable quarterback uh, if he if he comes out. Um, but uh, at the same time, Jamie Chappell is off to Liberty. Does McCall hit the portal? Does that, he yeah. return with Tim Beck as his OC? Like. I don't know. It's, so, a, it's a really interesting question. I like Grayson McCall. I do think there's something there. Obviously, it's hard to evaluate in that offense that he was running. But yeah, like like all season, just felt like the steam wasn't there, and and like you said, missed time, and it felt like again a shallow quarterback group. Maybe he could have been one to take advantage of, and he didn't. I would love to see him transfer, and that that would probably not to be Liberty a, though. No, fuck no, not to Liberty. <laughs> Um, like this again. This is a tough game with Chadwell, one foot out the door, that fucking asshole. Anyways, um, I would just love to see like a big money transfer, like to to a spot that maybe Wisconsin. a little bit more Wisconsin, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's something a little bit more pro style Like I don't know. Again, it could be boom or bust. But when I, Drake May goes to Georgia, go to North Carolina. That actually would be a great fit. Like that actually be really good. Yeah, anyways, yeah, that's all, my guys. Um. Okay. We'll, we'll pick up the pace a little bit. I don't know where prospect. I put rec- Troy receiver Ray J. Johnson, who yeah. just kept t- taking the top off Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Uh, 6'4", 220, explosive <laughs> UAB transfer. Uh, and Fresno State safety LJ Early, who it, it felt like every time uh, Boise State tried to do anything through the air, he was he was around the football breaking up passes. Um, he he uh, made a couple big tackles. Um on uh, Boise State quarterback, um, what's his name? Adrian? Green. Yeah, thank you. Um, who's a really good athlete in himself. Yeah, I was I was hoping he was going to have a really fun game, and he just didn't really. Um, but I did find probably my new favorite player in the entire country this 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 Friday night, actually, at UTSA. Their tight end, Oscar Cardenas. I love yeah, him. You're, you're pretty upset that his touchdown didn't count. Oh, man. I was upset when that touchdown didn't count. He's 6'4", 285. He's like a fucking slab of concrete. 6'4". <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, six, six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. You and Jim Harbaugh are so similar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh would love this guy. Oh, yeah. He's transferring to Michigan next year with, with all leaving. He's in and Schoonmaker going pro. Um, but, like, can move for a guy his size. Had that touchdown called back. Like, ran through a fucking guy. It was awesome. The physical yak. Also, that like awesome one had to grab, like recovering a fumble. Get out of here. And then finally got his touchdown. I love Oscar Cardenas. This is my new favorite player in the country. I love him. UTSA versus Troy's the best bowl game. Oh, yeah. And it kicks it all off. Three o'clock on a Friday. Love it. Um, Also, one more tight end who just had a huge touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Also, Friday night, Thomas Yasamine, the the, the other Utah tight end, um, who just ran through a USC defender. He's a rugby player from Australia. Got to shout that out. Uh, that's fun. 
All Utah does is find weird tight ends. Yeah, it's who are, great. Who, who are, are good. All very, who are all very different, but all good. Yeah, it's so true. Um, Prospect made me look stupid. I think he made a lot of people look stupid. Keyshawn Booty. Yeah, yep. He had the game we were waiting for. He, yep. he waited until the SEC championship, but he did it to Georgia. He had, what, that, what was it, 54-yard touchdown where he just kind of took that dig route just on third down and, and broke every tackle and exploded through the Bulldogs' defense. Yeah. His his second 100-yard game of the season. And then he decides to go back to school, which I think is so interesting. Yeah, it really is. I didn't put him anywhere. I was going to put him shooting up, but I'm like, mm. Because he's going back to school, but yeah, yeah, very fair. And he doesn't sound like he's like he's not hitting the portal. He's just going which back to LSU. Shocks me. I, I think it's smart. He can definitely be a first round pick next year. I would I would have I would have transferred, but that's 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 me. I don't know what's going on. Um, that's a good one. I I put two guys here. Uh, Felix Anaduki uh, Uzama, the the K State edge rusher, who had a pretty good game. Felix the Wildcat, baby. I wasn't wasn't too high on him. And played like a really solid game. I had that big sack on Duggan to force a, a punt on a third down. I mean, then they did Muffet, but that's okay. Um, just thought he had a really solid game. And and going back to Friday night, who like a guy I liked and then hasn't had a strong year, and then I was out on, and now maybe I'm back in on. Uh, Mo Diabate, the Utah linebacker, was kind of just all over, all over USC's offense. couple sacks, couple TFLs. Was all over Caleb Williams a couple times. I thought he played a really uh, like like that explosive long performance that like I was kind of just waiting for, you know. So, uh, yeah. good game there. Prospect versus prospect matchup. I it's mentioned Quentin Johnson versus Julius Brents, and and you also as a secondary one, Clark Phillips and, and Jordan Addison. Yeah, but I, I I would love to dig on the the, the Johnson Brents one. I loved it so much. Yeah, Brents Brents. Uh, I mean, he certainly I think overall lost, but. Yeah, but I don't care. I, I think love he him. proved a lot. <laughs> yeah, forced the fumble on DPI twice, but forced a fumble, picked off a pass in the end zone. In the end zone, uh, gave up a bunch of yards. But did dro- dropped a really easy interception. But like, it was a really nice play coming off Quinton Johnson to get to the ball. Yep, yep. Should have had that was it. A really sick play. But yeah, it, six four corners, Robbie, and ball, like just like a prime time brawl against that top receiver in the draft. I love it. I know he got cut, but I don't know, man. I, I like Brents a lot after this game. Um, all three of my outplayed the box scores have already been mentioned. Hayner, Vaughn, and Marshall. Good. Only one of mine has been mentioned, and the other one hasn't. Brian Brissy, who only had one tackle, two hurries, but I thought it was a monster game. That just didn't show up because of uh, May's escapability and then you know him eventually getting just gobbled up by, by Simpson or uh, Trotter. Um, had one, one, one play I just wanted to highlight here. Lined up over the right tackle. I mentioned I want to see Carter at edge, maybe. But Sabrissi at edge just threw a nasty spin move and just got cooked yeah. the right tackle, got to May instantly, forced the throw away. And I like him because he just tries shit. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun. You know, has had a tumultuous season, like, off the field and the injuries and stuff. Or the not the injury, but the appendix, wasn't it? Um, you know, all kidney? that. Kenny, I can't remember. It's something weird. Um, you, know, a fu- uh, you know, a fucked up year outside of sports for him. Um and like he's come back and taken a little bit, but he's he's coming back. Anyways, yeah, he's quick, a top ten talent. Yeah, he is definitely. Quickly, our guy uh, JL Skinner, who I think it was an amazing performance, played a really solid game, um, yep. but uh, like just had that one where he undercut the route so perfectly. Yeah. Should have been a pick six, dropped Should've it. Been. Still a good play. Still a good play. And then like I just want to give him some love because he got banged up multiple times in the game. 
kept kind of going back in, finally got pulled, and he tried to go back in. I just love that warrior mindset in his last home game for Boise. Unless they're in the potato bowl. Um, but, yeah, I just so love that. he'll be at the senior bowl. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. For a guy that just didn't get that love that he could have this year because I guess no one's really watching the Mountain West. But, yeah, no, that's a great get. Speak for yourself. Uh, prospect is being overhyped. He didn't play this weekend. You actually mentioned that earlier. Um, USC guard Andrew Voorhees. You've never been in on the Voorhees. No, I, I just I keep seeing like people – Treating first, him like he's I've a, seen him first round. First yeah. round a lot in these mock drafts, a top 50 prospect. And I think he's like a fifth round, sixth round guy. I'm I'm in between. I think he's better than a fifth or sixth round guy. I don't think he's a first round guy. I like him, but yeah, that that's steep. Um, so I, I, my, mine is I didn't have a clear guy that played this weekend, but I just wanted to talk about Kendry Miller, who I thought had a good game-ish. 70 carries, 82 yards, touchdown. The touchdown was really nice. Bounced in, just slipped a tackle. I like him. He's been a huge riser. Uh, we talked about this off the podcast just a little bit, so I wanted to talk on the podcast. Um, I just think that the, the, the hype is a little high right now, but he's got really good patience. He's got good fishing. He's well built. I see it all. I think I got a funky comp for him that might work. I'll throw it in a second. But I just want to hear like how, how you feel about the Miller. I know we haven't dug in too much. but I, I, I it's, it's too hard for me to say without having dug into the yeah. tape yet. Um, yeah. if, he, if he declares, I'll, I'll be uh, right on the tape. Um, super productive. Every time I watch him, he's he's, he's good. Very fun watch. Uh, sh- look like live watching. He looks like a top ten back. Uh, I don't. Yeah. It's a deep class. I just I don't know how how high within that top ten. But agreed with you. Like I think it's like we've seen like you know maybe top three back, and I think that's hard to say with this group. Group. Let me throw a comp out there. Let me know if I'm off or if I'm if I'm hitting one. Uh, Jai is my comp. My early oh, comp here. The smaller JHI? I think they're pretty much like similar size. I, I think J, uh, it kind of bulked up a little bit. JHI like 220? Uh, what do they have Miller at? Don't they have Miller like 206? Oh, do they? I thought he was listed bigger. So they have smaller JHI. There you go. Okay. Interesting. That's my comp. It's kind of running style. And obviously, JHI would have been a Hall of Famer if he didn't have the knee injury. So I'll it. That's very true. Uh, one of the best accents. Um, yeah. Charlie Jones is my transfer. I got uh, I got two two kind of low key ones. Uh, first, the TCU tight end Jared Wiley, who only had four catches, twenty eight yards. You know but... what? TCU's website lists him at two twenty. College football ref lists him at two oh six. So just don't trust them. Uh, that's Sorry. weird. That's weird. Yeah, I thought he was two twenty. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe he bulked up. I don't know. But yeah, Wiley's six seven. I, I know that for sure. He's a big boy. He had a really like. Like seemed like a natural hands catcher. Had like one like really nice hands grab over the middle high, uh, and then like had a really nice like <laughs> he had that really cool catch where he was on his ass and snagged it. He's a Texas transfer. Had the game tying two point conversion. Interesting dude. And quickly uh, going back to Fresno State, Nico Remigio. I'm uh, not sure. I, I had the game muted. Five catches for 68 yards. Was making big plays. Had two big plays downfield. Also had a 78 yard uh, kick return touchdown. Who uh, just looked like an interesting dude. It was a Cal transfer. He's a fifth-year senior. Just, just someone to throw out there. Uh, finally, small school guy. I mentioned Zachary Franklin earlier. We haven't really talked the MAC championship, and I, I thought this is a good spot to put Dejuan Diz- Johnson, um, the Toledo defensive lineman. That Toledo defense is pretty nasty, and Dejuan Johnson was the standout for me. He's like an undersized mm-hmm. defensive tackle who plays – like kind of all over the defensive line. He's 6'3", 265, so an edge in the NFL. Uh, finished the year with 16.5 TFLs and 5.5 sacks. He's really good at just stacking and shedding guys. 
uh he had a couple plays uh in the Ohio backfield um yeah he w- he was really fun he was good i thought their linebacker Dallas Gant was good too uh the transfer yeah and then uh, i'll give you two other names there wait i just want to say uh, uh the other johnson on their defense Diante Johnson was also very good who wears number 2 and Dejuan wears 1 and i was like are they brothers and no, they are. They're actually. They both grew up in Detroit as best friends. Both went to Toledo that's, and both have become cool. such. They're both fifth years at Toledo and such impact players. Yeah, it's really cool. That's cool. I also thought their running back, uh, Jaquez Stewart, who is like a a fourth year sophomore, which is instant bump for me. Nine carries, ninety three yards, opening touchdown run there. Smaller dude, but just got some juice and some quick, like kind of a loose runner. Uh, had a couple other chunk runs that were nice, uh, and a decent return guy too. And lastly, and certainly not leastly, I just want to mention Frank Harris, who just 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 is out there running that offense so beautifully, uh, like like no mistakes, like everything's a completion, so cool. Like I don't know, maybe like if he comes out and with the quarterback class thinning out, like we've mentioned multiple times, maybe he gets himself a good chance to get some real looks. I just that'd be cool. He's always good. He's he's a good football player. Yeah. All right. Finally, there's one regular season football game left. It's the Army Navy game. AJ's making us pick it. Uh, I went five and five in, in, on championship weekend. How'd you do? Six and four, crawling hey. back. Baby. I'm thirty-seven, thirty-five and two. What are you? Thirty-five, thirty-nine and two. Wait, what? Thirty-five, thirty-nine and two. Is that? A... I don't know. Who cares? Keep going. You pick an extra game to to have a worse record. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. Um. Yeah, three p.m. CBS Navy versus Army in Philly. Uh, the midshipmen, four and seven. Army five and six. Yep. Um, and playing for bowl eligibility, I guess. I don't. I don't really know. Is 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 there one bowl waiting on them? Oh, the armed forces. The Lockheed Martin. Waited, yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, what's the spread, AJ? I forgot to write it down. Navy is minus one and a half. You know why you watch this game? Because of the uniforms. NFL oh. player Andre Carter yeah, have to that's... just defend the triple option and not do what he does well, which is rush the passer. Yeah. Because there won't be an opportunity for that. Yeah. Hopefully he pops off, though. But uh, for me, the reason I'm going to watch the game uh, is because of the uniforms. This is a badass uniform matchup. Navy going with the NASA jerseys. Uh, the, the Army going with some desert storm luck. It's sick. And to me, space is cooler than the desert, so I'm taking Navy minus one and a half. Um. Oh, you're taking Navy? I'll take Go Army Navy. Then. Beat Army. I'll take Army. Tyre Tyler is a dynamic runner at the quarterback position. Um, I believe Andre Carter has the ability to just make every play in this game because he's the best military he, school he's prospect. He's six seven and a really good athlete. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, what what more you want me to say. These this 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 is such a such a great game, great mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor Air Force always gets left out, though. I, I hate it. I think I think when um when the space uh what's it called, Space, space Force gets gets a space gets, Force, a, yeah. gets a football team, they're gonna have one in Denver, and it's gonna just be a special game every year too. The space the Space Force better run the air raid though. They have to, yeah. Of course they do. All right. Uh, next time we talk, we'll be uh well not coming tomorrow, or the NFL <laughs> rookie show. We'll be talking bulls finally. Every bowl game, every bowl game, every prospect in every bowl game. It'll be a three-hour show. It'll be just me naming names. 